Hey guys, this is Leticia. And I'm Raina. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Talk. Talk. So we're two young adults who are just trying to figure this thing called life out. So join us on this journey as we figure it out together. Welcome everyone. Um, Hi, we're excited for today because we're doing a Q&A. So we had a lot of questions this week um, of just different things that you know, people have questions about. We're going to answer them. We're just going to talk about them, answer them. And yeah, so join us. Yeah. I'm Leticia. And I'm Raina. Yeah. And we're, it's just us today. No guests. <laughs> Back to the original. <laughs> we love our guests, but we miss just talking to each other too. <laughs> exactly. All righty. Well, do you want to start with the question? I don't know. What question do you want to answer first, Raina? Um, here, let's see and I got a few more questions today so okay they're probably not in the list I sent you yeah okay Ooh, let's start with how to deal with peer pressure and temptation that's interesting yeah do you want to start or do you want me to start hmm you can start and then I'll, I'll come. okay <laughs> okay so how to deal with peer pressure and temptation um, so I think this first starts with really knowing who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time we fall into peer pressure because we feel like we have to fit a certain image that they have of us. Um, so I really think that the first step in that is knowing who you are, who, who does God say we are, right? Mm -hmm. So like in first Peter two, nine, it says that we are royal priesthoods, that we are holy nation, that we are a chosen, um, a chosen generation and a special people, right? That's one of the scriptures that talks about who we are. Um, there's a lot. You can literally search, you know, who does God say I am? And you'll find a whole bunch. But I think that it starts with knowing who you are. Because if someone comes up to me and says, oh, hey, uh, you want to come smoke with me? I don't have to feel like if I don't do it, they'll feel a certain type of way about me because I'm no longer, you know, like I'm no longer caring about the opinions of men. Yeah. Now I'm caring about the opinion of God because I know that he created me. He says on these certain things. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it starts with that knowing who you are, because then you'll realize too. And there's scripture. There's a scripture I was reading the other day on people pleasing, but it says, um, am I still trying to, to please men or am I trying to please God? Mm -hmm. And I think that when you start to like, look at it like that. Like, okay, who am I trying to please? Am I trying to please men or am I trying to please God? And it says, if you're still trying to please men, then you are not a servant of Christ. Yeah. You, you know, you can't do both. You can't serve two masters. Mm -hmm. So, um, figure that out. You know, who are you in Christ? Repeat it to yourself every day. And for temptation, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted. <laughs> That's number one. Do not go over a man's house at night at 1130 and think y'all going to just chill and watch a movie because you're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, exactly. You got to be smart. So with temptation, practically, just don't put yourself in situations where you'll be tempted, right? Um, and be careful what your eyes see. So be careful what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're um, allowing your, what you're allowing inside of you, because that can also cause you to lust more and to be tempted more. Like I always had a, a serious issue with lust. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I got saved, I realized that a lot of the movies I would watch or a lot of the series I would watch always had sex scenes mm -hmm. and I, I never really paid attention to it before. But like when I got saved, I started to see like, Oh, this has a lot of sex in it, you know? <laughs> and so I, What'd you say? Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Girl, yes. And, and even like homosexuality and stuff like that stuff was in there heavily. And that was something I struggled with. So I practically stopped watching that stuff. Like I loved those shows, but I stopped watching it because I knew that I didn't want to plant those seeds in my heart. Because every little seed you plant is going to, it's going to, as you keep feeding it, it's going to uproot, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to start to, um, you'll start to be more tempted. So I literally just stopped watching that stuff. and you know, it helped with my temptation. It wasn't the full thing, but it, it did help with my temptation. Um, so yeah, just, you know, 
don't put yourself in those situations. And also, um, sorry, Raina, I'll let you talk in a second. But also, <laughs> no, I'm just thinking because this was an area that I struggled so heavily with. So I have like a lot of like no, I give it to them. They want to know. The people want to know. <laughs> um, and also, um realize someone told me one time temptation is just temptation yeah right temptation is not sin to be tempted by something is not is you're not sinning yet so (laughs) and when i like when i used to be addicted to pornography i felt like when i was tempted i had already sinned yeah and that is such a lie from the enemy because you did not sin yet you just are tempted which means, hey, I'm tempted, but I ain't sin. Bye. I can leave. <laughs> you know? So just remember, like, just because you're tempted, it doesn't mean you've sinned yet. It doesn't mean you've fallen into anything yet. That means that it is just temptation. So tell it to, you know, rebuke that temptation. Get out of the situation. If you're in your room with your computer, get out. Step yeah. out. You know, go be around people. Go walk around. But, like, remember that it's just temptation. It is not sin until you act upon it. Yep. So that's all I have. <laughs> um, no, but that's good, though, especially because it's like you said, a lot of people put pressure on themselves to watch their thoughts. And yeah, you should be very conscious of your thoughts, but don't necessarily think, you know, I've already said it's too late for me just because, like you said, you're tempted. And it's easy mm-hmm. to go to that place where it's like, I already thought about it, so I already sinned, so let me just do it instead. But you haven't. Um, so that's like really good advice, at least, you know. But one thing that I always think about, especially um, being newly saved, is I always think about the – not in terms of repr- getting reprimanded, but I think of the consequences of what I'm going to do for myself. So for example, like whenever I would be put into situations where I would be tempted or peer pressured, most of the time, if I fell into it in the past, then I left with such a negative feeling. And I was very conscious that I left with this negative feeling. And so most of the time, if I'm like repeating actions that aren't good for me, like it gets to a point where you have to say, I don't like that like I don't like that feeling anymore and so once it gets to that point then if you're ever tempted like I usually just remind myself how did I feel last time that I did this like when I fell into sin last time like how did I how did I feel and most of the time it's not good and I tell myself you know like I don't want to feel that again because you have to be conscious of your emotions as well and so if you're going to do something that's going to negatively impact you why would you want to do that? And so, like, I remember in college, I had a lot of different toxic environments that I was part of, and I would know that those environments are toxic, and I would still consistently put myself in those environments. And every time I left that environment, I would say, oh, that was horrible. I don't want to do it again. But peer pressure, and then I would end up back in that same environment or back in that same situation, and it would just become a consistent pattern. And so. I feel like, you know, when you're dealing with temptation, you got to put your foot down. Like, you got to decide, I want to be better than this, and I want to feel better than this, and maybe that will help you to stop doing it. Yeah, that's really good. And another thing I think about, too, is because the enemy still tries to tempt me with, like, pornography and things like that now. Mm -hmm. And, like, the way he tempts me now is through dreams. I'll literally wake up. And I'll think I fell back into sin because it happened in my dream. Yeah. And, and I get so scared because I'm like, hold up, hold up, wait, no, I don't want it. <laughs> you know, and then I'll, I'll realize it was just a dream. And, you know, um, but something that helps me now too, just from what you were saying, it, it reminded me that like, there are people that I mentor, there are girls that I talk to, you know, every week about their salvation and their walks with Christ. And if I fall, then I have to go and tell them that mm-hmm. I fell. And then how are they, are, are they still going to be able to receive from me? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I think of that too. Like, will I be a hypocrite if I do this? Yeah. You know, and that has helped me too, because I know I was a hypocrite for the forever mm-hmm. and I don't want to go back to that place. So mm-hmm. I'm like, will this make me be a hypocrite? Yeah. You know? 
Um, and I hate hypocrites and I do not want to go back to that. So that's why that's another thing that helps me like think about like your, your younger siblings or the people around you or your friends that you preach to. If you go and do this, are you going to be a hypocrite to them? Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and I think this kind of leads into like another question on how to have self-control. Yeah. Because I think this kind of fits with that, but um, this is a really good one. This is something I really struggled with for a long time. Um, and when I got, so when I got saved, I remember the Lord telling me that self-control, that I didn't have self-control in any aspect of my life, mm-hmm. not just lust, yeah. but I didn't have self-control in how I, how I ate mm-hmm. and exercising and anything like that. I kind of just did things when I felt like it. Yeah. And I remember him saying to go on a food fast, mm-hmm. to not just, because for me, whenever I would want something to eat, I would just go out and get it. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying, eat what you have at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I don't want what I have. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, eat what you have at home. So every time I would crave something, I would have to say, no, I'm not going to go get that. I'm going to eat what I have here. And I would just make like something random I had. Mm -hmm. And when I started to say no to my food cravings, Mm -hmm. my lust cravings started to get easier. Really? Yes, because because self-control is like all, like self-control doesn't have categories. It's like just a general, just self-control is like one general thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, now like, let me let me think for the past two weeks now because with um bible study and like a fitness group i'm doing i've been waking up every morning at 8 Mm a.m we read the word we spend time with god we um pray we worship and then at nine i work out right Mm -hmm. and like i have never in my life been this consistent with this with like working out and you know spending time with god the first thing in the morning yeah and but he's really showing me that like when you when you tell other things no mm-hmm. whether it be you know even telling people to hang out and saying no thanks all of that stuff like self control is literally a full 360 yeah. issue and when you when you work on self control in one area it will transition into other areas because you're telling your flesh no yeah so um yeah so to that i just say like you know, if you're having issues with lust or whatever, whatever type of self-control it is, figure out what things, like what things do you crave? Is it food? Is it attention on social media? Is it, um, you know, I don't even know what else, food, lust, you know, whatever it is that you're craving, take a fast from that. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself, tell it no when it starts to come. Say, I'm not going to do that and do something else. Do something opposite of what you want, um, even if it doesn't seem like a bad thing, because because cravings in general are not not good, yeah. you know. Yeah. And when you start to deal with those, it really does help self control in all of the areas. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? No, that made sense, and and it's really true though, because like once you learn the ability, I think it's the hardest is learning the ability to say no to certain things, like yeah, everything, especially when it is something that you think that you crave, whether it's food or sugar or men or women, whatever it is that you crave, it, the hardest part is that initial no. You know, like, yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. And I think also is, like, what's been helping me. Similarly, I've been working out, like, every day, which is weird. Like, I do not work <laughs> like we did dance but that's I feel like that's different than making yourself actually work out because for dance for dance like we enjoyed it so it wasn't it wasn't like it didn't feel like working out most of the time I know and even if it did feel like working out some of the time we still got to dance like at least a little bit or like we were working out so that we could dance better but now it's just like for your health and I feel like that's just not as motivating. It's not. It's not. And that's so terrible. But <laughs> Like, I wanted to get better at, at, like, fitness so I could dance better. But now it's just like, okay, I, I guess I have to do this for my heart. Exactly. So I don't have a heart attack <laughs> before I have kids. 
<laughs> but yeah, like similarly to TC, I'm working out now too. And I, I think the self-control of that and the consistency that can be applied to a lot of things too is what I usually do is I think about the end goal. Like what, what am I doing this for? I remember episode two, I think we were talking about burnout and, and why you work and remembering that when you're tired or you don't want to do something to remember the purpose of it. And I feel like that applies to self-control too, because, you know, like you said, if you're waking up every morning and spending time with the, the Lord, like I'm doing this to grow my relationship with him. So it's easier for me to say like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to wake up and have consistency. Or if you yeah. say no to something, it's easier to have self-control when you remind yourself of the why. Like, no, I'm not going to do this because of whatever reason it is. And if that reason is motivating to you or important enough to you, then it will overcome the craving that you have. And the more consistently you do it, the easier it is to say like, nah, I'm good. You know, it's just that first few times that you have yeah. to do it and exercise self-control. That's really hard because you don't think that you can. And that's understandable because it's like, you know, how do I fix this? How do I start to say no? But literally that first step of like, no, I'm not going to do this. It gets easier and easier after that. Yeah, that's true. And and literally every time you say no, even to temptation, yeah. like the yeah. first time it's so hard. Yeah. But then every single time, every time after you say no and no, it gets a little easier and a little easier and a little easier, you know? So yeah, just saying no. And even if you need like an accountability partner, yeah. you know, someone that can help you because that is really important in your walk. Like when I, um, my, one of my friends um, back at VCU, she was my accountability partner mm -hmm. and, and she would really help me with, you know, my temptations and things like that. Like we even put passcodes on each other's phone for like certain websites because we were really trying to get free. <laughs> you know? So um <laughs> So get an accountability partner that can, you know, is, is walking the same walk as you and that can help you um, because it, you know, two is better than one and yeah. three is better than two. So yeah. if you can have that accountability, you know, that can help you get started. And then once you get started, you can continue it. And it's not easy. It's not easy waking up at eight, eight o'clock in the morning during a quarantine every day. <laughs> I want to sleep in, but you know, having other people that are on the call helps me to say, even though I don't feel like it, I have to get up. Yeah. You know? And that's something I've been like saying like lately, like people will say, Oh, I don't feel like doing this. And I'll be like, good thing we don't live based off our feelings. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so that's just something I keep saying, because it's like, if we, if we, if we live off of our feelings our whole life, we will never do anything. Yeah. Exactly. You wouldn't start your magazine company. I wouldn't start my dance studio. Oh yeah, did y'all know Raina has a magazine? Yeah, check me out. Issue two is coming out soon, eventually. Wait, so what is what is your magazine about? So okay, this is our little spiel. We're um, a woman of color centered submission based print publication that aims to inspire light and healing. So basically, okay, I can. This is going to be my little one minute rant. But basically, um, we take like submissions from written pieces, diary entries, poetry, if you're a poet, um, art pieces. And then we also highlight like five women in um, all actually all over the United States who are doing amazing things for their community. And they're usually the ones that are overlooked and have interesting backstories. And so like the whole point of it is just to be this tangible expression of like light and love and to have a place that people can come and to read about other people when they feel that they're not understood and so like mm -hmm. that's the goal is that you know sometimes people think I'm the only person going through this or people don't think this but you can go to the magazine and get um, perspectives from other women especially especially women of color and get like empowerment so it's supposed to be this balance of like healing and also empowerment like the light at the end of the tunnel type of feel wow oh. that is awesome what is it called okay so it's called it's called lumen but it's spelled with an x so it's l-u-m-x-n but it's mm. pronounced yeah. lumen ladies and gentlemen so make sure y'all go and check it out yes. <laughs> Are y'all on Instagram? So we are. 
but don't look at our Instagram. It's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, just keep a lookout for Lumen Magazine. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we gotta uh, we gotta support each other, our businesses. But if we didn't feel like that, you know, if we, if we live based off of our feelings, we would not do stuff like this. Because Raina works full time, and she has a life, and she has a boyfriend, and she has other things she does, and and this podcast, and she, you know, and if she did not feel like it, people would understand because she works hard, but she still does it because. She knows that this is going to change people. This is going to grow people, you know? And so it's not just her she's living for. It's for others and for her future family and her future children and her (laughs) her children's children. (laughs) So, you know, good thing we don't live based off of our feelings. So just remember that, y'all. Don't live based off your feelings. No, and you're stronger than it. You're stronger than whatever you think that you're not stronger than. Because sometimes, like, it's easy to get into your head and say, I'm not strong enough to do that. But you are. It's the idea of mind over body. Like people be thinking, and Miss Ian taught us, our jazz teacher, she was crazy, that like you can make your body do anything. It's just the power of your mind. And like mind over body, (laughs) y'all, if you're having cravings or anything like that, or feel like, like Leticia was saying, that the flesh needs to do something, no, it doesn't. And you have control over it. More control than you think you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. All right. What is, what should we answer next? Um, I think we should talk about, so someone asked us how to deal with suicidal thoughts and depression. Mm. And I think that's interesting, especially because we just talked about the mind, you know? Yeah. Be playing tricks on you. Oh, yeah, it does. And I literally just dealt with this like two weeks, three weeks ago. And I'll kind of I'll share with you guys a little bit, but um, it's still a fresh topic. That's why I haven't really shared it much yet. But um, I did move out of my mother's house just because um, we haven't had the greatest relationship, you know, growing up ever. Um, And I love my mom, but we've just never really gotten along the greatest and we don't live the greatest together so I decided and I had been praying on it for a while but I decided to move out um and the night that I decided to move or to tell her that I was moving out um you know she didn't take it well at all and afterwards I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep that night like you can I could just tell you know um my stomach you just get that feeling in your stomach and it's just like disgusting and I literally was in my um, bathroom and I was just on the floor praying and I was just like having like and I haven't had suicidal thoughts in a long time but I just started like having suicidal thoughts and it was just like you know and these these were the thoughts that were coming in my head it was like it might just be easier if you end it because then you don't have to deal with all the stuff that's going to come you know, it, it might be easier. Like that, literally that same thought just kept replaying and replaying and replaying. And like, at that moment when it was coming, I just kind of let it for a second because I was honestly in shock and I was like, what? And I kind of believed it for a second, mm-hmm. you know, because it just felt terrible. Yeah. But then I remembered, I was like, hold up, wait a minute. I serve God, <laughs> you know? And I think it's important that we talk about this as Christians, because I think sometimes we have a misconception that just because you're a Christian, your life is perfect and you don't have these issues. And that is the greatest lie on earth. Yeah. You still have the same issues, you know, but you serve a mighty God that can, that that can help you overcome those issues. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I began to pray and I began to speak. Again, First Peter 2 that we talked about earlier. No, I am a royal priesthood. I am a holy nation. God has a purpose for me, mm-hmm. right? God has a, uh, his word says in Jeremiah, I think Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, mm-hmm. for I have plans for you, right? To give you a hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And so I had to speak those things over myself and remind myself of God's word in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I'm not saying I felt 100% better after I still, you know, just felt weary, 
but I didn't, those thoughts went away because I began to remind myself and remind the devil because I think he forgot for a second who I serve. (laughs) I had to remind him and myself of what God said and who God said I am. So, you know, and this is very fresh. So that's why I can remember it exact. But, you know, if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, um, get in your word and, and store up what God says about you. You have to store it. That means you, if you have to repeat it to yourself every day, if you have to write it on flashcards, if you have to make it your wallpaper, mm-hmm. but store it up just like you store up things for a test because you need that information when you take that test. Yeah. And that was a test and I needed it because I don't know what would have happened if I didn't know the word. Yeah, exactly. You know, so store up God's word in your heart, because when we go through stuff, you're going to need it. And if you don't have it, you might not make it. Yeah. You know, so like for me, I, you know, store it up. That's literally for depression, for suicidal thoughts, store it up, because when those thoughts come, you have to be able to tell yourself and remind yourself, you know, who God says you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And for depression, I haven't really. I only dealt with depression maybe like once or twice. I I didn't really deal with it often, Mm -hmm. but I know that there's one scripture in Proverbs 12, 25. I'm looking at it now, but it says anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, Mm -hmm. but a good word makes it glad. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we can get very depressed because like the word says anxiety, you know, and the Greek definition of anxiety is, is um, distracted or to care for. So sometimes we we begin to care about certain things so much, or we begin to get so distracted on things that are not of God that we begin to get depressed. And that's not always the case, but that is sometimes the case. So, you know, if you are feeling depressed, figure out, okay, what is distracting me? Mm -hmm. You know, what am I caring about more than I'm caring about? um, Like what's taking more of my time than God? Yeah. Because if something else is taking your time more than God, then of course you're going to be depressed because you're not, your eyes aren't on God. Yeah. It's just like, I read this the other day in Matthew when Peter, uh, he asked God to take him out on the, to, to let him walk on water. Mm-hmm. And he started, he got out the boat and he started to walk. But then it said when he looked to the side and he started to see the waves, he started drowning Yeah, because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are you, what are, what is to your sides? What are you looking at? Is it your future? Is it your job? Is it this? Is it that? You know, because that's what makes us anxious and then we become depressed. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I love how the Bible talks about depression because God knows that that's something we're going to deal with, you know? So figure out what, what are you, what is distracting you? What are, what are you caring about? What's to your left and your right? And, and, and whatever it is, you got to stop looking at it and look towards God and say, God, okay, um, I'm scared about my future and my husband ain't here yet, or (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got accepted into college yet and I'm scared, but I'm going to look to you and I'm going to believe that you are going to take care of it. Yeah. Because we serve a good father, you know? Exactly. So that's my response. No, but I mean, that's. That's exactly, that's exactly it. Like, it's, it's really just having faith and understanding, like we were talking about earlier, who you are, and your purpose, and who you serve, you know. Um, But I also like what you were saying about how when you had those thoughts, you just let them come for a second. Because I think that's an important part of it that a lot of people don't talk about, especially Mm -hmm. when you're Christian, that I know that when I used to have um, suicidal thoughts and be depressed, I would feel guilty because mm-hmm. I was like, who am I to be depressed? Like I, and I would get so upset and the enemy would, um, the enemy would have like a stronger hand there and keep putting negative thoughts into my head because it would be like, oh, you're not really a Christian if you're feeling depressed right now because shouldn't you know that God got mm-hmm. you? You don't know that God got you. So like, you know, and those types of thoughts would keep going. And I would be so focused on like trying to remedy those thoughts really, really quickly that it would actually 
end up hurting me more because then I would get upset that I'm not better right away Mm -hmm. in like five seconds. And so I think that it's like what you were saying, a combination of letting those feelings come, but then being ready to attack those feelings and not attack yourself for having those feelings. Yeah. So like, I know that when I used to get depressed and this is exactly what you were saying about looking at different things. Like I was depressed a lot in college because I went to this um, really high pressure school, like, and it was basically like a type of Ivy league school. And I would always think I wasn't good enough there. And so literally for four years, I would be battling depression because of the fact that I was putting immense pressure on myself. And I was having this anxiety about not being good enough here and comparing myself to my peers and um, not knowing what's going on with my future. And it really was like, you know, Leticia knows this. I'm a little baby Christian, but I do know like the scripture for I know the plans that I have for you. And that's mm-hmm. what I what got me through is being able to say that scripture and kind of calm me down a little bit and being able to, you know, fight those types of thoughts with what I know that God can do, you know. Yeah. It's hard. It's really it is hard. It, it is hard, but you know, and, and I like that. Um, I like that it's okay to to have those things. Yeah, it's okay to have depression. It's okay to have suicidal thoughts, but it's not okay to stay there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because we're human. Like you are going to have those things, and some people don't deal with those things, and or some people don't have those things ever, and that's okay. They probably deal with something else, mm-hmm. but don't feel ashamed because we're not fighting a physical war yeah we literally the scripture says that we are fighting against principalities and spirits and and evil things of the darkness like we are literally fighting against spirit yeah you know so don't beat yourself up if you're if you're having depressed thoughts don't beat yourself up if you're having suicidal thoughts but fight them learn how to fight learn how to put the armor of god on read Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians 6, the armor, you know, the, the um, belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. the breastplate of righteousness, you know, mm-hmm. put that on, you know. Um, and we're giving you guys these scriptures because we want you also to go and study these things, you know. We can talk to y'all all day, but like study <laughs> these things and, and, and keep them in your heart because you're going to need them. You truly are going to need them. Um, but don't get down on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. It is part of life. That's why God gives a scripture on it because he knows it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and, and, um, if you have a church family too, like open up to people. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people don't try to, don't like to open up at church, which makes no sense, <laughs> but <laughs> open up, you know, get a mentor, get a, um, a, an adult mentor, um, and open up about these things, allow them to give you advice and to pray for you when you're, when you're going through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in my youth group at, at church, we're one of like the youth leaders. And every time a new girl comes, I always give them my number. I talk to them and give them my number because I want them to know that if, if they need anything, if they need advice or prayer or something, call me, yeah. I will answer. Because I remember being in high school and having these thoughts and being in my bed crying, wanting to end my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have anyone to call. Exactly. Because I didn't connect with anyone at church. I didn't really reach out. So, you know, put your pride aside and reach out. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's to me or Raina, like, we'll talk to you. Oh, yes, we will. We got experience. Yes. (laughs) We're young, but we have a lot of experience. (laughs) Um, so reach out. We would love to talk to you, to mentor you, whatever you need. Like we're here. Um, yes. Okay. Let's keep going. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting sappy and emotional on this podcast. (laughs) I just remember, I just remember being, um, in high school and wanting to, to have someone, you know, like an older person that could guide me. So um, I'm really like really, really passionate about women and girls being able to have that relationship where we can help them and guide them and share our experience. So hopefully you guys don't have to take so long to heal yeah. like we did. 
and like we are you know we're trying to help you guys so you don't have to go through the whole thing and then heal we're trying to just stop it a little you know if we can so that you can um walk into your purpose quicker than we did exactly (laughs) but um okay well let's go to the next one so I thought this one was interesting. It was, do I need to go to church to walk with Christ? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yes. Uh, yes. So if you want to start, or I, <laughs> I got <laughs> thoughts. You got thoughts? Okay, let me give some, let me give some scripture thoughts first, okay? <laughs> because um, I love our thoughts, but I want to give scriptural backing on this first. So in Hebrews 10.25, it says, and let us not neglect, um, ooh, it went away. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit of, but let us encourage one another and allow the more as you see the day um, approaching, right? <clears throat> so obviously this is saying like we should, as believers, make sure that we are um, meeting together with other like-minded believers, right? Because just like if you love basketball, you're going to hang out with basketball, people that love basketball. Y'all going to play basketball together. Mm-hmm. You're going to practice together. You're going to, um, because you're, you're, you like the same things, right? You believe in the same thing. So it's the same thing with Christians. Um, we should be meeting together, you know, and the, the disciples, they were together every single day, praying and eating together and fellowshipping. And obviously we might not be able to do that daily. But um, we should be meeting together with other believers and getting fed from someone mm-hmm. that, that reads the Bible, you know, every single day and spends time with God a lot, right? <clears throat> more, let's say more than we do. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that there is that part of it. Um, and it may not be a physical, you might not go into this big church every Sunday, right? But you should be getting fed from God through reading your word daily. You should be getting fed from someone that is a pastor or a minister or something, whether that be online or in person. But you should also have a group of people that um, are walking the same walk as you. And you guys should be getting together and reading together and praying together and spending time together. Because if not, how are you how are you going to continue to grow, you know? So, um, and when you're in groups of believers is really when you're going to get tested a lot too (laughs) on your character and on those things. So it's really good to spend time, to spend time with other believers because sometimes we can feel like we're good and we're growing and all that stuff. But of course you can feel like that when you're by yourself, you know, but it really shows, um, if you're growing when you're with people. Yeah. yeah. So that's my, that's my response to that. What do you think, Raina? No, I mean, I agree. And I like the idea that it doesn't have to be a physical space. I mean, in an ideal world, yeah, you would go to a church and that church would be like a very supportive environment and support this fellowship. But I think that you can find opportunities for fellowship outside of a church as well, as long as like what Leticia was saying, you know, you're getting fed from different places. Um, but this is like a really hard question for me because my family is very anti-church, like the building itself. However, mm-hmm. but my mom is a really devout Christian and I feel, I mean, I don't know, like, you know, the, the backstory of this, the person who asked this question, but I know a lot of people want to be in their walk, but have had such negative experiences with church and even other Christians <laughs> that they think that they have to do it by themselves. And I think it's just like trial and error, you know, like not every church is going to be a good fit. Like, um, all of the people that you meet that claim that they're Christians are not going to be a good fit, but it's just up to you to figure out, you know, if I'm really serious about this walk, like, where am I going to get it from? It doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Like some people really love the environment and they love the Bible study that their church has, or they love their church, but then they go to a separate Bible study. So there's like a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different things and there's no right or wrong 
way to do it as long as, again, like Leticia said, you're just getting fed somewhere and you're having people that are holding you accountable and offer place for you to have this fellowship. And trust me, like take yeah. it from me, your walk, it will be more beneficial if you have other people on it with you. And I remember I was in Bible study on Tuesday and there was two people on the call. It was really interesting who were saying that they were going through a lot because of, you know, what's going on right now with coronavirus and they didn't want to come to Bible study. And they said, but, you know, I came to Bible study and I'm so happy that I did. And two people mm-hmm. have the same types of stories on that same night. And I think that's just a testimony to, you know, sometimes we don't think that we need other people. But when we actually get in those spaces, we realize that you can grow a lot stronger and a lot faster and feel a lot more like love around you when you when you put yourself in those spaces. So you don't have to go to church, but I, I really do advise finding a place that that can help grow you. Yeah. And I mean, I I think we do have to go to church and, and because the church isn't the building, the church is, we are the church, you know what I'm saying? So, and I mean, God created us for fellowship in Genesis 2, 18, it says it is not good that the man should be alone, you know, like, and, and a lot of, I think a lot of people's story, and I think the person that asked it, I think I know why they asked it because they don't go to church, but they, they watch it online. And I think it's because um, of church hurt that happened to yeah. them, right? But that's the thing. I think we have, sometimes I think we forget that the church is made up of people that are broken. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think that we're going to go into a church and everyone is going to be perfect and we're going to have perfect relationships and perfect fellowship and perfect, perfect. That is 100% again, unrealistic because we are all broken. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to do the wrong thing. We're going to fall. That's why we all need Jesus, you know? And so I think that, um, I mean, just even working at church, there's so many church politics that I hate but I love the fellowship of people and I would never change that for anything, you know? And I think that sometimes we have to um, definitely find a church that fits you. But I do believe that we need to be in a physical building too, to have that fellowship with people. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like we go to college because we're, we're trying to get towards a a stronger thing. Yeah. You can do online classes, but there's something about being in person and being with those people and being taught by someone that, studies their word for a living, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't let church hurt stop you from getting into a building, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. church hurt is real, bro. It's so real. It's real. It's trust me. It's so real. It's, it's real, but people are, we're broken, yeah. you know? And sometimes people say the wrong thing. I know. I remember you saying like the pastor said something to your mom and I'm sure that that's part of the reason she doesn't go to church anymore. I'm sure that's the main reason, Yeah, you know, because she didn't feel loved and that was the fault of the pastor. But again, you know, we say sometimes dumb things and sometimes we're not mature when we say things, you know, and I'm sure now if you were to talk to him again, he would probably apologize, yeah. hopefully, because he probably sees now that that wasn't the correct way to do it. But it's all a learning process. And I think that sometimes um, we have to stay in a place long enough to grow and to tell those people and to communicate and say, I didn't like how you did that. You know, like that really hurt me. Mm -hmm. And for them to apologize and have that opportunity to apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I would definitely say find a church home, find a small group, find um, a pastor that you enjoy being around, but also make sure you're in a fellowship with people because like you said, it does change a lot. Yeah, It does change your walk when you actually get to walk with people that are doing the same thing as you. Yeah. And don't let church hurts stop you because remember, like it's going to happen whether you're in the world or whether you're in church, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Um, but we, the difference, and I heard this one time, the difference between church people and worldly people is that worldly people don't think they're broken Mm. you know they they think they're fine they're like i'm good (laughs) but we at least we admit that we are crap and broken and you know we need a savior you know so 
when we step into those walls, it's not us saying, oh, I'm in, I'm in church, so I'm perfect now, but it's saying, no, I am terrible, so I need a savior, and I'm going to make a lot of mistakes, so bear with me. Yeah. And I think we have to start seeing it more like that than, oh, they said the wrong thing to me, and they should have said this because they're a Christian, because that, that is a hard um, judgment for us to make on people. Yeah, it is. It you is. know? It happens so often, but it's crazy. You can't do that. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Um, hopefully that answered y'all's question on that. Um, okay, what else? There's so many questions. We might have to do a part two. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, we don't want to have you guys here listening to a two-hour podcast. I know. Um, okay, maybe let's do two more and then do the rest for, like, next time. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, okay, well, one person asked, um, why is sex outside of marriage bad? <laughs> the spicy topic. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to go first or do you want me to go? Or? You can go because I feel like you're going to ground it in scripture. I'm going to okay. just say. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there's a lot of reasons, right? So first, I would say the reason that God has this as a um, commandment or just even as a, a, a rule in a sense um, is because he knows what's best for us, right? So when I was out there in the world hoeing and going, you know, um, <laughs> I was always told not to have sex because number one, you can get pregnant. Number two, you can get HIV or AIDS. And number three, you would be a bad Christian, right? Those were the three responses on why I would get, on why to not have sex outside of marriage. Um, But no one really talked about the fact that you would be broken for a long time. Um, I always miss that part. Yeah, the <laughs> most important part, because other stuff, cool, but, like, yeah. It takes a long time to heal from that, because you truly do connect, especially women. We connect emotionally um, very heavily. So the more people you're sleeping with, um, the more connections you're making, and the longer it's going to take to break those things, you know? So God really does do this for the best, because he knows that, um, you know, it's going to take a long time to heal because especially if you're not married, they can easily leave. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no commitment. There's no paper that are signed. And, you know, divorce is extremely hard to do just legally. It's a lot of money and things like that. So when you're married to someone, you're truly, you're really committing to them. Um, and I think that that's one reason why God put it, put that in place. Um, and, you know, I'm saying this to say that there's a reason he has us doing that. And also if you're, you know, sleeping with a lot of people, um, when you get married, you're going to have a certain expectation. Mm -hmm. And if your spouse does not reach that expectation, you're going to be mad and you might try (laughs) to, you might end up going to pornography. You might end up, no, for real. Like we were talking about this at Bible study on Tuesday because, um, you know, it, it truly is different from going into marriage as a virgin and going into marriage with past, mm-hmm. you know, a sexual past. So, um, you know, you might have different expectations for your husband because you've experienced certain things and he don't do that. He don't do the same thing Tommy did, you know? <laughs> and so... <laughs> And so um, there's also that thing of expectations, you know, um, what, what do you, you know, how many people do you want to, to have in your past? And when you go into your future with your husband, you have all these expectations of what should happen and you're not satisfied, you know? So there's that. But I think that, um, I think that, if we look at scripture, it talks about that the body is a temple, right? Yeah. Our body is a temple and um, that sexual sins are the one sin that doesn't just affect the outside of you, but it affects like the inside of you as well. Um, I don't remember the scripture. I think it's 
in Thessalonians, possibly might be 100% wrong, but um, I know that that is the thing. Sexual sin um, affects you internally, whereas every other sin is like happens to the body, but yeah. like sexual yeah. sin, it happens like, you know, it, it, it disrupts your temple. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think that, you know, especially from like us with like experience in that area and mm. past yeah. that we have, you know, um, I think that it, it just, It just, if I could go back, I would have waited Mm -hmm. because it truly is something that's extremely um, amazing. It can be truly amazing and truly special, but you want to make sure that it's going to be with someone you spend the rest of your life with Yeah, because it truly is like your body is your temple. Like, you know, I remember when I lost my virginity, like I was so sick because I wanted to wait until marriage. And there was something about having sex that I couldn't fully enjoy because I knew it was wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I also knew that this guy was not, even though it felt like a a great thing and it felt like this was a great relationship, I knew that I wasn't going to marry that guy, Yeah, you know? And so it's also that like, you know, you can be doing this, you can be out here having sex or whatever. And then in two years, you don't even talk to that person anymore. Mm-hmm. And you just gave a whole part of yourself to someone that you don't even look at or speak to anymore. Yeah. You know, this is not just um, a, a kiss or a hug. Now, nah, this is like, like, this is, this is the full thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so... I think we have to stop seeing it as, okay, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't have sex outside of marriage. Yes, that's true. But like, let's think about why. Mm-hmm. Let's think about why God created that. And it, it truly is for our protection. Mm-hmm. It truly is because he knows it, how much damage it can do and the connection that it can link you, you know, how it links you to someone and how hard that is to break that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean... I think the why behind it is what you said, Let, um, especially because of the, a lot of times, like, we, yeah, especially in our culture, we give, we don't place an importance on sex because we just think that we can just do it and, like, be okay. And I know some people who are like that, but the majority of us are not. And so it's, like, what Let said about creating that bond there. But I have a question. So. Yeah. What if, and this isn't for young people because your relationships <laughs> will not last, um, but what <laughs> if, you know, like you're 25, 26, and you're probably going to get married soon and within like the next three years, and you've been with a significant other for over like 10 years. So you know they're not going to leave you. Yeah. Um, and so here's the thing i was literally watching um on netflix yesterday he's just not that into you and i just thought that I was love that movie. yes and it just made me think of it when you asked that question but um regardless of how long you've been with someone right because again you can be with someone for 25 my first boyfriend his parents weren't married, but they had three kids. They've been together forever, but they just never decided to get married. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me yeah. because, you know, the husband or the wife can easily leave and there's no repercussion because there's nothing holding you two together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the question goes back to this. Number one, like, you know, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, um, we do things out of loving, out of love for Christ. Right. And so his word does say to abstain from that until we're married. So that's number one. Right. Um, and, and, and I believe he says married because when you, when you decide to get married, you are truly making a commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, like that is like the commitment, like, okay, I am choosing you for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And of course you can get divorced and things like that. But in the eyes of God, when we get married with someone, like it's a serious thing, you know? And so, you know, even if you've been together for, I don't know, 10 years and you plan on getting married in two years, you're still not married yet. 
mm-hmm. and anything could happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we, cause I mean, just like we said earlier, like when we were young, like those guys, they just felt like we were going to be with them. Yeah. You know, in that moment, it felt like that. But now we look back and we don't even care about those people anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't even think twice about them. So it's the same thing now. Like right now we might feel like, okay, um, you know, we we set a date, we set a date for our, our wedding and he proposed to me and all this stuff, but like you're still the the certificate hasn't been signed. You're still not married yet and he could still leave. Or you could decide tomorrow that, you know what, I had enough of him and I think I can do better and peace out. You know, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So I think that number one, um, you know, the biggest reason we should abstain is because the, because we want to be obedient to Christ and because we love him. And number two, because you're not, we're not married yet. And mm-hmm. although it's in the future, you know, um, it's not guaranteed yet. Just like with, I don't know, say you want a car and you're saving up for that car and you have $75,000 and you just need $80,000 because that's how much it is. And you want to pay in cash. Mm-hmm. You have 75,000, only 5,000. That is extremely, right? It seems like nothing, 5,000 left, right? But tomorrow we could go into a great recession and all of that money is gone and you have to start all over. And that's the same thing that could happen with a guy because you didn't buy the car yet. It's mm-hmm. in the future. You're almost there. You have basically the, the amount. You're basically, you basically have the car. Yeah but you don't have it yet. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so yeah, that's what I would say just because you're not married yet. And, and someone said this, I think in a sermon the other day I was watching, but if he is not your husband, if if you're not married, then you're single. (laughs) If you are not married, then you're single because guess what? They can leave tomorrow, Raina. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or you decide to, you can decide tomorrow you don't want them anymore. Yeah. And it's nothing to just break it off because there's no commitment. So there's a, a commitment in our eyes and our heads, you know, but there's not any other commitment. You, you know, just like with my business, I had to file for an articles of organization through the state to show that I am a business in Virginia. If not, I would be a business to myself, but to anyone else, I'm just, you know, doing dance classes in a house. But it wasn't until I got my articles of organization and they signed the paper and I paid my fee that I was a business. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing. Like, if you're not married, you're single. Single and ready to mingle. (laughs) But I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And it's not, I know it's not a fun thing because it's like, well, we're basically married, but it's like you're not yet. <laughs> and anything could happen. You could meet someone tomorrow that you connect with so much quicker than your boyfriend or something yeah. for, you know, whatever reason. So it's just like, you're not married yet. So just, just wait. And if you've already done it, you know, there's redemption. You can start fresh today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, that's the beautiful thing about Christ. You can start right now and start fresh, you know, but, um, I know we think, we think things are so certain sometimes and the next year things are completely different than, you know, what we thought our life was going to look like. So that's what I would say. (laughs) Yes. All right. Last question. Should we do one last question? Yeah, we'll do one quick one. Okay. Um, actually someone asked one today about physical health. Oh, okay. So they want like tips and like purpose for it and like, you know, yeah. Do you want to start that one? Scripture based or just? Just I think life based. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like physical health is something that we could talk about because like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, now we're, we're trying to, we're trying to do it. But it's, for me, I feel like, because I know, if we want to root it back in scripture, like, because I know my body is a temple, that that's why I do it, if I'm being completely honest, because 
if you guys listened to like the first episode, like after I was assaulted, I started taking really, really good care of my body because I wanted to have like this sense of ownership over it. And I felt like physical health is such an important part of it. Like it's such an important part of upkeeping the temple that God gave you and like giving it your best. And so that's why I feel so bad when I eat like really, really bad food, because it's like, why am I treating myself like this? Or if I don't exercise, like you don't have to get crazy about it and put yourself on this crazy exercise regimen. But if I'm not exercising or taking care of it, I just feel guilty because it's like, you know, I was given this great body. I'm able-bodied. I'm blessed enough. I always think about that. I'm blessed enough to be able-bodied. And so it's like, you know, I can move my arms, I can move my legs. And so I want to take care of it. And it's really respect for like this body that I'm given. So that's the importance of physical health. I always think about that. And, you know, like if you need motivation to exercise or anything, I feel like the most motivating thing, at least for me, and it's individualized, but for me, it's just because I'm so blessed with this body that I want to do justice to it. Like, it's like, for example, if, you know, someone gave you $100,000 and you just put it down the toilet, like, that would be disrespectful. Like, you know, you want to put it in savings and you want to take care of it. Um, And so that's what I think about. It's like, I was given such an an immense blessing to have this body and to be living in it that I want to upkeep my physical health out of respect and understanding for that blessing, you know? Yeah. That's good. That's a good way to see it. Um, And I think about too, like, you know, what do you, again, kind of going back to the hypocrite thing, like, what do you, how do you want your kids to live? Mm. You know, and I always think about like my future kids, because like, I just can't wait to have family. Like, I'm excited (laughs) for that. (laughs) So I'm always thinking about that. Um, But like, you know, I know I want my kids to eat healthy, and I know I want them to exercise. But like, am I eating healthy? Am I exercising? You know, so I think about those things and I want to live long to be able to see my kids and my grandchildren and their grandchildren. So, um, you know, and my family also has a history of like diabetes and high blood pressure and things like that. So I don't want to continue in that and have to be on medication and things like that if I can stop it, you know. Um, And I think it kind of goes back to the whole self-control thing. Like, are you going to say no to those um, cravings that you have in the middle of the night? You know, are you going to say no to um the mcdonald's or the chick the fried stuff at chick-fil-a you know just do just start with little things you know um when i go to chick-fil-a i get the grilled nuggets i love the fried nuggets but i get the grilled ones because (laughs) i'm trying to watch my figure (laughs) um so you know just making those little those little switches because i've realized for myself when i try to go like 180 and just switch everything it doesn't work yeah exactly but, but when you do things little by little, you know, you start to take fried away and start doing more growth and you start to, um, you know, cook more at your house and, you know, prepare time for getting recipes and things like that. Uh, it helps because then you're, you're preparing. So then when you're in a rush, you don't have to say, oh, well, I'm in a rush. So I just have to grab this. No, you already prepared, you know, so are you preparing? for your week? Are you um, thinking about, okay, let me go to the grocery store and I have a list and I'm going to get this kind of stuff, you know, because it really doesn't take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know a lot of people say, I don't have the time. I don't have the money, but it's actually cheaper to cook at home Mm -hmm. and to prepare your stuff because you're buying just the stuff you need. Yeah. Um, You know, and it it is, it's cheaper in the long run because it doesn't cost you your health. Mm -hmm. You know, so, um, and for the like exercising, like I hate running, honestly, I hate running. Like, don't ask me to run. I hate it. Um, but I love doing abs. I love ab workouts. I love feeling the burn of it. So I do ab workouts every day because I'm trying to get me a six pack, just kidding, but I just want a flat stomach. (laughs) Um, so pick something that you are trying to work on. I've been working on my arms and my abs because those are two things that are flabby. Mm -hmm. So, you know, pick things you want to work on and work on it every day. Just, um, get a group of people with you to do it together midday, end of night, whatever time works best for you. But like, just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. (laughs) 
you know, and if not for yourself, for your children or for your family or for the people that look up to you. Um, and it, it makes you feel better when you exercise. Yes. Like, like they say it releases like endorphins. Like it really does make you feel better. I don't know why, but it just really makes you feel better, especially when you eat better because you're not feeling so heavy and like you need to take a nap every day. Like you feel alive. So mm, you feel alive. Yeah. yeah, you do. So just think about those things. Like it really, um, it, it really overall just makes you feel great. And it, you know, no one wants to walk around um, carrying all this extra weight that they don't have to. We already have to carry emotional weight. Let's not carry the physical weight also, you know. And I'm all for like, you know, people like loving their bodies and stuff like that. But there also is a place for health, mm -hmm. you know, and, and we want to be healthy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, those are my tips. Just start, you know, little by little. Taking those little things out and and replacing them, you know, with other things, and they don't have to be things you hate. There's a a lot of really good like vegetable based and fruit based meals that are good. You just have to try a lot of stuff. Like I just try random crap all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually some really good vegan and vegetarian meals I make for my friends. I am not vegan or vegetarian, but they're still good um <laughs> are you wait are you vegan i used to be a vegetarian for like six months really yeah it was great i highly recommend it the only reason i went back to eating meat is because i moved back home but oh, if not i was still vegetarian if i was living by myself right now i would still be vegetarian yeah i was vegetarian for like three days and then i saw steak tacos and i went back <laughs> but honestly though like I have been trying to just eat like meats, fruits and vegetables and not the other in between stuff. But yeah, I saw like an animal video one time and it was just terrible how they treat the animals. And that's what made me change for three days. But, you know, I just wish they would kill the animals like nicely, like just quick. Like they like literally the videos I was watching, they were like torturing the animals. I know. It's so sad. They have and it's like working in those places. Yes. And it's like, why don't you just kill them humanely? And then we won't have a problem. Because they're devilish. <laughs> Literally. Like, they'd be stomping on them and stuff. And I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Like, I, I don't. Mm, mm, we, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I'm going to get mad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think we answered some good questions today. I hope, like, this helped you guys. Um. Yes. And like we said, like if you guys need a mentor, if you need someone to talk to, to pray with you, um, we'll leave our Instagram information in the description and just message us. You know, we, at any time we will be there for you guys because we know what it feels like to be in your shoes. We're still in your shoes. We're just a little taller <laughs> and a little older. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, should we do a continue of this next week? Yeah, we could do a part Q and a. two. Part two? Cool, because we still have, like, a lot more questions. <laughs> yeah, let's just do a Q&A next week, then. Okay, cool. Yay! <laughs> well, we love you guys. We hope you enjoyed today. And listen to our other podcasts. We talk about dating and marriage and um, what else do we talk about? Um, burnout. What am I Anxiety, stress. Um, so we're trying to help you guys out because we are there with you guys. Yeah. So we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye guys.